When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back. So today I want to talk about something that I haven't talked about in quite a while, probably far too long the period of time, and that is precious metals. And and come on, I, I mean, you guys can let me know. I've been focusing a lot on the coronavirus. I'm sure some of you might think maybe too much on the coronavirus. Now, is it because I think that it is going to be the defining event of the 21st century? I think it'd be a little bit presumptuous to say that. In fact, I'll go so far as to say this, that I could be absolutely wrong. And a lot of other people, you know, Chris Martinson and some other people that are smarter than I, about the spread uh, of this virus as well as the potential death toll, the death rate, the, the, uh, the, the rate of infections that are, you know, serious in nature or require hospitalization. And, and this, uh, this, this talk among those individuals that the, the mainstream media is playing this down, downplaying this far too much, you know, we could all be wrong on those counts. And to some extent, I hope we are, right? Because we're talking about a pretty significant death toll. If this, I shouldn't say if, it already is global. If this becomes a major global situation and not just... China with these huge case counts. But regardless, even if we are wrong on that hypothesis or that opinion, probably at this point, that's all it is, it undoubtedly has captured the attention of of China and the world to a somewhat lesser extent. And it, I think, will be what, what many people, including myself, have described as the black swan that we've been waiting for in economic terms. Right? It could do a lot of damage, economically speaking, and not just in terms of the death toll. And, and believe me, it could be the pandemic that, that uh, um, is, is ultimately similar to you know, the Spanish flu of 1918 and onwards. It could be. We'll see. But regardless, we're still talking recession. We're still talking the black swan that we're waiting for. And so that's why I've been talking about it so much. And, and hey, look at here. We're, we're two minutes in and I'm still talking about it. Well, let's talk about precious metals then and the coronavirus at the same time. Let's suppose that I'm right, Chris Martinson and some other people, in saying that this is serious, that the death rate is not accurate. China's numbers in general are just not accurate. The death rate is much higher than what's being reported. Uh, the number of cases are far, far higher than, being, than, than what they're being reported. Uh, you know, very serious, maybe not as deadly as MERS or Ebola or something, but certainly more deadly than just the flu, and that it's spread far more to far more individuals than the, uh, the official numbers suggest. How do precious metals perform in that scenario, in a pandemic? I think it's an interesting question, because it really is a, an event that is really unlike any other you know, scenario, major global scenario. It, it differs from a major global conflict. It differs from just 
a global economic slowdown. It differs from a shift uh, to or from globalization or a trade war or what have you. It, I think it differs a lot from all of that. And so let's talk about, first of all, the impacts of major uh, uh, virus or, or a major pandemic um, on economies. And this is what I think really we where we have to start off on talking about precious metals. The two big things that I'm focused on, A, how central banks are going to have to respond to this. If this is the black swan we've been waiting for because of how China's going to react or has reacted and will continue to for many weeks or months to come, and with similar actions coming from many other countries in terms of quarantines, shutting down production, really shutting down society, quarantining entire cities, that will definitely get you to a recession, a global recession, pretty quickly. How do central banks respond to that? Well, that is a question that you guys should have been able to answer weeks ago before this was even in the news or at the forefront of our news. You guys know how central banks are have really put themselves into position to back themselves into a corner to respond to this next re- recession. It's going to be the same way they responded in 2008 and every single potential slowdown and even during supposedly strong economic times since then by kicking the can down the road. I mean, no central bank has had the guts, no government has had the guts to let things kind of fall apart on their watch. And it's not really falling apart. It's more so like a, a, a reverting to the mean. I mean, yeah, it probably would involve higher unemployment and, and bankruptcies and, and obviously recession. It would resemble things falling apart, inflation as well. But it, uh, it would be a, a mean reversion. But, but none of them have been willing to do that. I mean, the Fed arguably maybe got the closest. They raised interest rates all of like two and a half, two and a quarter, right? And, and they uh, unwound their balance sheet slightly. But since then, they've been cutting rates. They're doing QE. They're doing repo market operations. One could argue that the PBOC had some uh, luck at doing that or had some attempt that they made and, and really declining the amount of support for their system that they've offered along with obviously their government. But, you know, that's obviously going to fall flat on its face given these more recent developments, right? And so they're going to respond how they always have with money printing and lower interest rates. And that's extremely bullish for precious metals. I mean, hey, right now, if you guys want to talk price, we're talking gold really close to that key level in the 50, 1560 range, which it's been higher. Uh, it's been in the 70s and 80s uh, in the past week or two, sure. You know, during the Iran crisis, the very short-lived Iran-U.S. crisis, a couple, like a month ago now, it was over 1600 for a very brief amount of time. Um, but in, in right now we're talking about silver in the mid-17s or, or in the $17 range. Uh, you know, Central bank easing mixed in with the global recession and some of these other factors, the, the second part of this slowdown that, that I'll talk about after how central banks will respond, that's hugely bullish for, for precious metals. I mean, that's inflationary. That is, by definition, bullish. And, and that's where we really have to segue into the second topic, how markets react to this slowdown from this pandemic. How do markets react? Well... So far, I mean, stocks are at like what an all-time high and, and whatnot. But 
what's really been telling over the last uh, week or two has been how bond markets are responding. Actually, by by rising quite a bit in price, yields dropping. In fact, you know, I talked about earlier this week about how at one point, I think it was earlier this week or Friday, at one point the, the amount of global negative yielding debt, nominally, not real rates, but but just the rate officially, uh, was approaching $14 trillion, which was you know the highest it had been in many, many months because bonds have been going up in price and down in yield, right? And so that, again, as I said before, is hugely bullish for precious metals. That's what really helped, along with Fed rate cuts and some other things, helped the, Fed, uh, the, uh, the silver and gold really take off in the midpoint of 2019, right? But then on top of that, you know, with stocks being an all-time high right now, eventually they're going to come down to earth and then some. I mean, again, this theme of mean reversion, it's, it's really an overarching theme and, and maybe every one of my podcasts it's, as it relates to markets and, and precious metals and uh, the economy. But that's really the name of the game as well for the stock market, mean reversion. And, and I don't think it takes a genius. A fifth grader could probably tell you that, you know, if this is what the mean is for the stock market over the long term or, you know, the, the, another word for mean maybe would be the fair value. And this is where it's at now. What happens next? Well, we know with our greater than a fifth grader education, as well as just experience, maybe experience is the, the most important, that it can continue to stay above that fair value for a long time. But eventually it's going to revert to the mean and then some. That's the way those things tend to happen. I mean, it's like a rubber band snapping back or or some sort of whipsaw. I mean, that's how it's going to ultimately happen. It's just a matter of time. Again, I, I don't want to be too presumptuous about this and say that the Fed wouldn't, you know, Fed and other central banks wouldn't be able to stop a major stock market crash. I just don't think they'd be able to. Not from something like this. Not from a full-blown global recession. And and I get it. I get the other arguments too. Well, if things like this are happening in China, you know, and in Southeast Asia and Japan, think of all the money that would flow to the United States. But then again, U.S. could get hit just as bad as China when this is all said and done. We're talking weeks, months, or longer from now. We could get hit just as hard. Plus, our companies in our economy um, can struggle just as much because we're so dependent on China. Even after this you know, trade war slash phase one trade deal and whatnot, uh, and, and some manufacturing moving out of China to other countries, which, by the way, are probably going to be affected just as much in a short while here, we're still highly dependent on them as a source of, of imports, right? So, obviously, I mean, precious metals are, are the natural choice in a high inflationary environment, uh, a, a situation where where dollars are being inflated away or whatever currency you want to talk about. They are a pretty good buy when bonds are trading at zero or below zero nominally and in terms of real rates again high inflation most global you know legitimate uh government bonds around the world will be trading negative in terms of real rates uh precious metals start to look pretty attractive and then throw into that stocks collapsing or correcting or bear market or whatever 20 percent drop or 30 whatever ultimately would come of this pandemic precious metals are looking pretty good. And then finally, I mean, there's also the the social side of this, fear. I mean, you can't deny that there's a certain amount of fear in society, whether it's warranted or not, 
or at least concern, maybe concern should be warranted, um, about this Wu flu, this Wuhan coronavirus, uh, that fear not only lends itself to all the market moves I'm just talking about, but also to people looking to protect themselves. And the most logical and probably correct way to protect yourself is if you think it's around you, which it's probably not for most people in the United States or most of my listeners, but if you think it's in your area, be very careful and and maybe isolate at home more than usual. Avoid large groups of people, people that may be sick, etc. But then there's also the things like masks and food and fuel and all that. And at some point, precious metals comes into that conversation as well. Because, hey, guess what? The, the, the same people that have the money to go out and buy these over, at this point, overpriced masks and um, buy, you know, 50 gallons, of, you know, basically become an overnight prepper, which is, just, it happens. People become overnight preppers because they realize just how quickly the fabric of society can fall apart. Um, those are oftentimes the same people that are of pretty good means and not always. I mean, you don't have to be rich to be a prepper. You don't have to be middle class even to be a prepper. But what I'm saying is that they may have a decent size of savings, of investments, and those are the same people that will shift some of that precious metals if they kind of buy into to everything that, that I and so many other people are talking about in terms of precious metals long term. So, I mean, at some point, though, I, I'll be honest, it, it becomes silly to talk about price. That's really outside of the scope of today's podcast. Obviously, what I'm talking about here is bullish. Now, there's the flip side to this. Devil's advocate here. We're talking a recession, which for silver in particular uh, would would lead to a decline in demand. Make sense? At least industrial demand. But like I've said so many times ad nauseum on this podcast, that's not the whole story for silver. It's only like half the story. Right? And what about the other side of the story? What about all the silver that would be bought by the very people that I'm just talking about, by people that are fearful, people that have hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to throw around? Right? That's kind of my answer to that devil's advocate. But again, become silly to talk about price. What I'm talking about here is a, well, exactly where silver and gold are heading eventually anyways. For so long, though, we've, we've you know, even if gold and silver were to take off in 20 20, independent of this coronavirus, let's say it never happened, um, they'd still, to some extent, be still waiting for a, a black swan, kind of the whole system falling apart, whether it's inflationary or because of a collapse in a financial system or a bank or a government-led collapse, whatever, um, they'd still sort of be waiting for that. In fact, they'd be moving up in anticipation of that to some extent, along with all this inflation that has long been a theme on this podcast, but has been somewhat absent over the last couple of weeks because of this Wuhan coronavirus again. I know it's just dominating everything here on this podcast, but um, bear with me. Uh, we're still talking about basically a, a bull market like we were kind of expecting any, anyways, right? And this is just a black swan in this scenario that I'm talking about that is going to lead to that rather than those other things. And those things could be uh, side effects, or I think in the past I described them as sequelae, sequela of uh, of this ultimate, you know, this drop in, in asset prices and and uh, central bank intervention and all of that, right? That could be the case as well. It's hard to say at this point, right? How it's all going to look, but what I can say is that I, I mean, this is 
from the beginning, very bearish for global economies. We know this next recession, financial crisis, etc., is going to uh, be responded to by central banks, by money printing, by easing, by inflationary policies. Bond market's probably going to go up quite a bit, at least for a while, and then could reverse to the, to the downside in a big way. The stock market eventually is going to, to drop from these heights. And so, I mean, that's all bullish for precious metals. Again, price, I mean, whatever your, your prediction is long-term for silver and gold. I mean, $50 silver is a big target to take out, which is very reasonable in this next bull market. And and you throw inflation in there, and inflation adjusted, we're talking 100 150 plus. Uh, I mean, just look at what's happened in some of these other metals in terms of mania, uh, uh, metals like like uh, rhodium and whatnot. Albeit, you know, they far smaller sizes of the market because there's just not as much demand, not as much metal. But that gives you a sense of what eventually is likely to come for silver and gold. So as always, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoy me getting back to my roots at least for today. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless.